What's up, guys? It is Rickin, and you are on the Rickin YouTube channel where we basically talk about wholesaling. Everything wholesaling, everything Rick real estate and wholesaling. And today we're talking about the things that you are going to keep you average unless you do this. Guys, I am the expert in this field. So what I want to do today is go through the things that are keeping you average unless you do this. And I've been on a 20 year version <laughs> version of how to do this. And I just want to share it with you. So let's just dive into it. And then what we'll do is at the end, we'll go over questions. Um, if you guys want to hop on a live, I'm going to put up a link to this, make it super easy. And it will be in the comment section. So guys, you have the comment sections there. Just you all know what to do. Just Tell me you're at, what market you're in there. And if you want to hop on the live, it is under the Rick in comment. So let's talk about this. Who on a daily basis doesn't feel like you're average? And honestly, I have felt like this, like kind of like my whole life. And so I get a lot of questions like, what is the difference between what you do now? And what is the revelation that separated you from everybody else? And I'm here to tell you, it is just daily consistent habit. But the problem is I was so stuck in my own self that I just couldn't get moved through it. So what I did is I jotted down some notes on the key distinct factors that really will separate if you really want to separate yourself from the pack and you're tired of doing what everybody else does and you're tired of most importantly getting the exact same results this video is for you and I want to dive into it. So let's not waste time. Let's just dive right into it. So I didn't do these by orders of importance. I did what just kind of jumped in my mind when I did it. And that's the most important <laughs> way to do this. So I will give you probably one of the biggest things that you guys, everybody gets stuck on. And I know this hung me up for a while. So I'm going to put it right on the bottom of the screen here. Stop taking advice from broke people. And when I use the word broke, it, it, it's not just about money. It's about life in general, the quality of time you have with people. See, because the word broke means not only are you financially broke, you're probably spiritually, mentally, and just as a person broke. I know I've been there and I, we're all working on everything every day. But what you truly have to understand this is when you ask the internet, Say you ask on a Facebook post, Instagram, anything like that. And then you let any keyboard warrior type in and you actually take their comments like, how can this be? Or you got to do it like this. This is what I do. Number one, you have no idea who's giving you this information. To be honest with you, most people are highly unqualified to even give this advice. So the first thing you have to do to separate yourself from average, from just being like non-eventful is stop taking advice from people that are broke. This goes for financial, spiritual, friends, physical. I don't care what it is. If you take advice, I have never met someone. If you ask, go to any party, go to any gathering, any family function and go ask people for advice, you're getting it. End of story. So number one, just stop asking for it. Why do you want five people around you that have never, ever made much money in their life? Um, 
They struggle just to get by on their own. Their ego is bigger than anything else you can find in their life, but they are so quick to tell you how to do things. Everything. They tell you who you have to believe in, what religion you have to follow, what type of job you have to do, how much money you have to have in your bank account. Just stop. And not only do you stop getting advice from people that are not where you want to be. Like, listen, I don't take advice from anyone unless I know for a fact they are where I want to be. End of story. I don't, I just, I, I don't care whose feelings I hurt. Reality is I have a trainer. Guess what? If I have a trainer that's out of shape and miserable and not a fun person, I would never, ever hire that person just out of common sense. Same thing with your financial advisor. If you're not better off than I am, why would I take it your advice? Real estate. If you don't own more real estate than I do, or you're not like significantly more advanced than I, why would I take information from you? And honestly, I strongly believe that people should not be giving advice until they've walked the talk for 10 years plus. That's my personal opinion. Doesn't mean it's right. It's just my opinion. Why? Because after 10 years, you've pretty much proven what you're doing. And as long as they're active in their field, that's what you've got to understand with it. So please, for God's sakes, stop taking advice from people that don't do it. And honestly, they're your friends like trying to protect you, but people just talk and it's like, and so if someone's going to give you financial advice, you better dig in and find out if it's actually real or not. Most likely it's just going to be their ego talking. But tell them to show your bank account. Show me all your real estate. Show me your physical attributes. Hey, you want to train me? Take your shirt off. I want to see what you look like. You see, you can't. Everybody wants to be the expert and tell you what to do, but very few people actually want to go on the journey and learn how to do it. So if you don't get anything out of this video, the number one thing is stop taking advice from people that you don't want to walk a mile in their shoe. End of story. If they're broke. Why would you ever take advice from them? If they don't have a great marriage or a relationship, I probably wouldn't take advice from them either. If their kids aren't happy with the relationship, I'm not taking parenting advice. And everybody has to do this. Who, Whatever lane it is in your life, start taking inventory and see if these people are actually going to help you move the needle in you. Otherwise, just be like every average person, go around your parties and your family events and just bitch and whine about everything. Because that's what losers do. They just whine, they cry, they want to be a victim, and they don't want to fix anything. Why? It's just easier. And then more people can commiserate. I'm telling you, don't do this. Be part of the solution, not the problem. Yes, I'm wearing glasses today. Like Actually, I wear contacts normally, so they kind of flared up. So um, I didn't have time to switch them over. So sorry about the reflection. It is what it is. So yeah, I'm blind as a bat. Now you know. Okay. So my next one, which every one of you guys watching this, including me, uh, at some point we're all guilty of this and you know exactly what I'm going to put up here. Just stop trying to look rich. It is a plague on the internet. Um, it, it's like, if you think I can show you my car, my house, the people I hang out with, my dog, you're kidding yourself. See, in America, we suffer from one of the worst diseases in the world. It's called, I want to look rich. And everybody talks a huge game. Honestly, guys, 
This is a plague. It's so bad. And it's not even real estate specific. All Somehow real estate gurus have really taken this to the next level. I don't know why a real estate guru thinks sitting by their nice car is a sign of their wealth. You've got to be kidding me. If you think someone's car is the net determination if you're going to work with them or not, you, you are playing right into the system. Cars are rapidly depreciating assets. They're actually a really poor choice to buy. I'm not saying you can't buy a nice car, but like if you're going to let someone's car be the sole value of their net worth, I boy, there's a lot of things that can be sold to you in life. So I'm a big boat guy, honestly. A boat under like $800,000 is a cheap boat to me. But people will buy a $100,000 car and you guys are just like, oh my God, look at this car. Cars are a joke. I'm sorry. They're a rapidly depreciating asset. It doesn't even, even like regular people can buy the cars because anyone will finance anything. If you think a Corvette's impressive, a BMW, a Mercedes, like seriously, guys, let it go. It, it is the dumbest thing you can do, in my opinion. It's not going to make you any more wealthy. It's going to make you, I guess, look wealthy to the untrained eye. And honestly, when I look at it, I look at it a fool. If you think you're going to buy that car to trick other people to buy your course, you're a moron. Sorry. People's car. Guys, I have a Honda and a Ford. Sorry. That's, that's my, I guess that's my wealth status. My cars are all paid off. I don't drive flashy cars. I used to be in the car business. I hate cars. Like they bore the crap out of me. You want to impress me? Go get a million dollar basic fishing boat. Just a million and guys, a million like is even it's that's still a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But like to me, it's like I look at both like and so when people look at a hundred thousand dollar cars, like it's a lot, it's ridiculous. So most of them owe it. Every almost everybody who owns a Lamborghini, other than some of the ultra wealthy, they're all like renting them, leasing them. And the biggest sign you're about to get your clock cleaned in real estate is when somebody flashes their Lamborghini. Okay. So three or $400,000 car, more impressive, but it is one of the worst investments you can ever make. So why would you take, so the only person, a person who's going to buy that and put it all over the internet and you know, they got to put it everywhere or the person's got the $50,000 watch. Let's talk about that once. Although I do like watches. I don't flash watches because I like watches because they actually appreciate. So I don't really have a problem with the watch, so to speak, but the car, you got to be kidding me, right? put 300 grand in a car, you put it all over the internet. I guarantee that person has something to sell you because they want you to think he or she is rich. How do I do it? I show you an asset I can't afford. They can't afford it because they all get them repoed and stuff like that. I can go through a list of 15 people that have Lamborghinis uh, that were in the wholesaling space that no longer have a Lamborghini anymore. I find it kind of funny. So anyways, um, stop trying to look rich. And what you want to do is replace this and you want to learn how to, to actually become rich and becoming rich and looking rich are the completely opposite actions, completely opposite actions. In America, we're plagued with people who just, I just want to look rich. I want to look so rich so I can impress my friends and my neighbors. And honestly, you just get on this hamster wheel and you're just going to be broke forever. If you want to become rich, do the first step. Stop trying to look rich. It's disgusting. Okay. The next thing 
This is one that you have to stop doing immediately. Stop seeking acceptance from everybody. You're never going to get it. It's never going to work. And you are just masking bigger problems in your life. Honestly, if you have committed to wholesaling and this is what you want to do, you have to just go out and get it. You are going to piss other people off. Sorry, you're going to get realtors upset. You're going to get other wholesalers upset. You're going to get some sellers upset because you're trying to get them to make a decision. But that's how life goes. And the people that want to make everybody happy, which used to be me, you just make yourself miserable. You can't do it. It's physically impossible. God did not put us on earth here to make everybody happy. And as much as everybody wants to avoid confrontation and awkward conversations, to actually truly get wealth, you actually have to lean into those types of conversations and go after them. And you're going to ruffle feathers. But honestly, I'd rather you ruffle feathers and get ahead and get financially free and freedom of your own time as opposed to trying to make everybody happy. It's just not going to happen. The sooner you accept this one, the much easier life's going to be. So, okay. Here's a big one. We always talk about assets and liabilities. I'm not here to tell you the difference. Most of you guys are very sharp on here. Most people are out there buying liabilities and they're buried in it. Yes, your own home is a liability. Unless it pays you, it is a liability. That's just how life works. Is it an investment towards your future? Possibly, but we don't know. Because most of you put way too much money into your homes. You put too much crap into it and you're too attached to it. And that's one of your problems. Because all that pure customization, you're not getting all that money back out of your house. Ask me how I know because I've sold a lot of my own houses. So you have to understand, you need to learn how to buy assets that pay you. So if I buy a boat and then I finance, got to make payments, that's a liability. The car is a liability. But if I buy a piece of commercial property or maybe even a single family house for rental, that's an asset that pays me. And once you understand the distinction on how cash works, you don't have to sit there and play this game because most of us try to tell, oh, I'm buying a really nice boat. It's an asset. Guys, listen, I love boats, but they're a sinking money pit. You're never going to get back what you paid into it. The cost to run it is usually terrible. And they are a liability from an insurance standpoint and from an operation standpoint. And when you're all said and done, you're going to sell it probably for about half what you paid for it. But if you get enjoyment out of it like I do, then have fun with it. But you want to find things that pay you when you buy them. And it's painful because I put down $100,000 downstrokes all the time on real estate. And even though the $100,000, it's a capital contribution. It's, it's, I eventually will get my payoff back, but I have to make investments and I have to do it now. So, which leads me to the next thing. If you're going to commit to buying assets versus liabilities, let's talk about this real quick. You ready? Just stop buying stupid stuff. You Listen, you guys know Christmas is coming up. And trust me, I used to be a guy who bought every... We buy the stupidest gifts. You know exactly what I'm meaning. Most people don't need it. Honestly, the best gift you could give someone over the holidays is your time. Just spend time with people. I get it. We'd have to buy gifts to a point, but a lot of times you guys buy gifts based on what you think the other person needs. 
The reality is people need help with stuff. They need time. And honestly, they need money. And so, but when you buy them like a painting or something that doesn't bring them a lot of use, they got to hang it on the wall. Honestly, did you really help them out or did it just make you feel better? And if we could relook at how we give people gifts, it would be eye-opening. But like the next time you guys buy a, like a, you buy a, a, a Mr. Pillow from Mr. Pillow, whatever his name is, like, it's just like, I don't care what the, the fabric count is on any of that stuff. At the end of the day, it's really not going to make that big of a difference. So if you're like me and you've got closets loaded up with, I've got foot massagers. I think I've used once I've got like massage stuff. I got more crap in my house, just like the rest of you. And I look around there's I go, there's probably $2,000 sitting there with just wasted money. Imagine if that two grand was actually invested on in you your development or things you could actually use in your business or more important cash in your bank account. It says so much more. So we are a society that's very impulsive. You all fall for all the ridiculous advertising on TV, the internet, everything. So start asking yourself, especially when it comes to buying for yourself in your household and your family, do I really need this piece of crap right now? Because the reality is it's not going to make you happy in the long run. I've bought everything. I'm just telling you, it is a temporary fix. Don't get me wrong. But for the most part, it's not going to change your certain parameters. So I want you to, if we just stop buying crap, like amazing things can happen. So um, it's a big one. You just got to learn to love yourself. So if you're not going to buy crap, you're not going to depend on other people. You got to actually learn to be okay with yourself. I'm not giving you a self-love class here. I'm just telling you, if you can't sit in a room and like hang out with yourself, read a book or even watch a show, you constantly got to seek somebody else out to like keep your time occupied. You've got to like change it around. Go read a good monk book or go talk to a very seasoned monk. Do you know they spend years out in the woods with no electronics, very, very few creature comforts, just the clothes on their back, and like a, a thin little sack to sleep on. And they learn how to be happy with themselves. And then the key that monks will teach you is if you can learn to be happy with yourself, everything in life is a gift. And you don't have to seek outside approval. And that's one of the keys to life that us Americans just can't, we, we're always seeking. Everything you need is with inside you. You just, no one's taught you how to use the tools, the meditations, the relaxation remember stuff's going to happen in life. The only thing you need to determine is how you're going to react to it. And your reaction is everything. You can't stop the rain from coming down, but you can react to how you're going to respond to a rainy day. And honestly, the more you can find within the easier life gets because the crazy part is God just gave us this vessel. And that's, that apparently nobody got the instructions. It's all you really need yourself and other people and everything else is a luxury and a gift. And if you look at it like that, it is so much easier to get through life and get through your day and actually find enjoyment and fulfillment in it. So if you struggle with this, learn how to be, let's see here. Um, how did that happen? 
Um, you just got to learn how to be uh, grateful to other people. My mouse died. Yeah, it died. No biggie. I can use the hand thing. Okay. Next thing. If you do not want to be average, and this one is non-negotiable, you got to learn to read, read, learn. You got to learn the material you read, and you just got to never stop. To be honest with you, I wasn't a big reader, and I just decided one day it's the most efficient way to learn the most knowledge, especially about things you don't completely understand. So I figured out money very fast in books. Real estate was a huge help with books, endless amount of books, thousands. And I always have two to three books that I'm either reading or I'm attacking. I have a... Uh, a basically a waiting list of books. So if you don't have a waiting list of books, what I'd like you to do is just get excited and go find a topic that you really want to spend time with. And this is going to help you learn to be within yourself. It's going to teach you how to learn. And honestly, I love it because a book is like going into another person's mind. Like you can just like, I actually just, I feel everything when I read a book and I enjoy it. Some I read fast, some I read slow. It all depends. Um, like a book I'm reading right now is, um, uh, it's uh, Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. Now there's multiple interpretations. I believe Jay something is the one I'm reading, but I love to study Stoicism because I think it's very uh, relevant to the times we're in, and uh, I love it, man. So it's like it's all about, you know, men being men, and uh, they talk about Roman times and the Colosseum and. You guys know I love UFC and stuff like that, but they had to make some very hard decisions back then, some just crazy stuff. And I find Stoicism, uh, all these Senecas, Marcus Aurelius, all of them from 2000 years ago, they have so much to teach us. So you guys, you can find books like this. It can be on anything. Uh, there's a lot of great real estate books out there, but um, I love anything with the mind. One of my favorite books that really opened me up to life was Tony... Um, Robbins Awaken the Giant Within. Um, I think it was just under 600 pages. And I thought it was one of the neatest books I ever read in my life. And honestly, that's what catapulted me to start reading books like crazy. And if you're not doing this, it's okay. But I'm telling you, something happens when you read a book. I can't quite explain it. And uh, I like it because when you're, if you're waiting for a flight at an airport, great time to read a book. Um, if you're stuck somewhere, great time to read a book. And if you're sitting around your house waiting for someone to pick you up a great time to read a book, you can gain so much knowledge by the dead time as opposed to playing a video game or worse, just going around on social media aimlessly. I like a book because it gives me direction. There should be an outcome. Not all books wind up being great. And that's the kind of cool part about it. And you just, re I read through them um, voraciously. And the books I really like, I order them on hardback and I put them in my library. And I eventually show you guys in my Flip with Rick studio all the books I have just on business and uh, real estate. But honestly, that is the smallest part of my library. The biggest part of the library is always going to be on your mind. So um, I've read a lot of books on uh, meditations. Um, I'm fascinated by meditations because for me, having ADHD is much more challenging for me to do it. So it's, uh, it's, I really, really had to study and understand how to do the skill set. Because if you're like me and you have thoughts racing through your head all the day, 
it's hard for me to slow it down and then just like let thoughts go by. And ADHD, we almost feel the need to respond to every thought. And it's one of the handicaps of how I do this. So reading books like that, and you know, the funny part is I'm reading a book on ADHD right now and I'm having a tough time finishing it. I know it's ironic. Um, I think it's uh, just under 500 pages. It's so in depth. It's a little bit more in depth than what I wanted, but uh, it helps me. I would granularly identify the type of ADHD I have, and then hopefully I can help out other people who have um, mind same condition. But I didn't want uh, my wife and my son coming out to me like, Dad got a book on ADHD and he couldn't finish. It would be like front headlines like everywhere. So it's kind of funny um, that we bring that up. So um, this one, the next one I'm going to post up here is probably going to be the most important one. I preach it like crazy. I'm never going to change. And honestly, this is probably my biggest realization and what's allowed me to avoid being average. Because here's what 95% of average people do. Okay? They ego it. And until you drop your ego now, you have no, in my opinion, to be a very, very high-level wholesaler. And definitely, if you want to avoid being average... You got to lose your ego because most people, the minute they get stressed or the minute they feel challenged, their ego takes over. And what is your ego? Um, uh, ego short for edging God out. I, I heard that acronym. I didn't make it up, but it's true. It's just you're always trying to one up. And here's the things I know about your ego. It's extremely selfish. It's there to feed you. It's there to be like your mirror to make you look the way you think you are, okay? It is your mask. It is your cover. It's who you think you are. The reality is you're not. And your ego has this ability to make you right even in the most wrong situation as possible. Your ego does not listen to other people. Not only being selfish, it is always going to be a right at any cost. So, I have no idea why we have an ego. I, I assume there's some sort of underlying mechanism for it. But the sooner you can leave, lose your ego, especially in wholesaling, just the better things are going to be. The minute I see someone feeding their ego, I just, I don't acknowledge them anymore. Like, because I, I know they're just feeding their ego. They don't want to fix the problem. They just want to be right. And once they want to be right, they don't listen to anybody else. They want to look like the superstar and they want to feel important. That's fine. Go ahead. You're, I'll let you win this moment, but like I'm not doing business with you. So I'm going to win the battle. I'm going to win the war. You can win the battle. And that's all egos allow you to do. If you don't find a way to bury your ego, your ego is what everybody does on social media. Every, I'm perfect. I'm. This is me. Look at me. Look how good I am. That's your ego. That's your ego trying to one up everybody so you can look better. You're not better than anybody else. I'm not better than anyone else. I never thought I was. And honestly, I remind myself every day by being humble and just bearing my ego. I can't stand ego. It drives me freaking nuts. Okay, we're moving along here. Um, so this is a statement I always teach you guys, and you need, and this is going to be particular to wholesaling. So if something is easy now, I want you to know it's most likely a trap. How do I know this? I'll give you a couple examples. I'll give you my football example. When I used to play high school football, 
when I was a defensive lineman, my job was to try to get the quarterback or the runner. And every now and then, the guy lined up in front of me, he would pull sideways, called a pulling guard. I would go through. I could see the quarterback. I go, oh, my God, I'm going to get a sack. My coach is going to be so proud of me. The fans are going to go crazy. And I go to reach for that quarterback, and I had no idea there's a 250-pound man coming at full speed, and it's going to blindside me. It's a trap. They made it seem easy so they could block me much easier. And the same thing happens when you guys, when something sounds super easy in real estate or wholesaling. Let me give you an example. Tell you what, I have a course that will show you not only on how to go on an MLS, how to write the contracts, how to do everything, get deep discounted properties, and you don't have to deal with all the other crap the wholesalers have to do. How's that sound to you? Sign up for my course. And I'll get that done for you. It's a trap, guys. Why? It sounds perfect on paper. Honestly, if it was that easy, I would be doing that all day long. The reality is it sounds good in theory. It will never work in reality. And when it's super easy up front, you pay people, you make it, and you commit to it. And then three to six months later, guess what? It's brutally hard. It's so hard you don't even want to do it anymore. It doesn't work. And now you got to start all over and find a program that's actually going to work for you. And you fell for the old trap. If it's super easy now, it's going to be 10 times harder at the end. Wholesaling is absolutely no different. So think about this. You've got to do the opposite, right? This goes with anything in life. Let's face it, guys. If it's super easy, you should almost be going like, what's the catch? How am I getting screwed here? The reality is, if it's hard now and you can actually do the work, it will actually be easier in the long term in life. Let me give an example on wholesaling. We teach you to go to off-market properties, direct the seller, and find sellers that are motivated. And I'm here to tell you, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. It takes a lot of work. You got to spend a lot of time and energy and you got to spend money. Not everybody has to spend money, but you're going to spend gas money or whatever it is. And then you get so frustrated because it's so hard up front. But I tell you, if you can find that seller, get that property under contract, the rest of the transaction is so easy. It's really easy to sell to your cash buyers. But if you buy all these other guru systems, they make it sound so simple up front. It's going to be brutal at the end. You're, you're never going to find a cash buyer. Your cash buyers are going to laugh you. They're going to laugh you off the phone and go, what are you thinking? Like you way overpaid for that property, Rick. Well, he told me, yeah, yeah, yeah. where is he now? Oh, he's gone. Oh, they charge you uh, 3,000, 5,000. I get it. I'm telling you guys, if you do the hard work up front in life, things are easier. Example, if you eat right, you exercise regularly and you do the hard work. It's much easier to sit on your couch and flick through your remote and do nothing. Or you put in a thousand cold calls, you rip through them in a couple of days and you just keep working through it. Once you get leads flowing or once you get slimmed down and you get the energy to lift anything you want, it's going to make your life easier on the back end. It is no different in wholesaling. It's the exact same thing. So if it seems super easy up front, you probably got sold a bill of goods and you've been lied to, and you probably just parted with some money. And if you want to figure out really how to do it, go over to freewholesaling.com. I'll teach you how to do it, but you have to do the hard stuff up front. And that's just the truth on how it works out. So, okay, we're almost done here. Let's see. 
Here's a big one, and I, I'm somewhat wholesaling bias. Is I'm wholesaling bias. Stop trying to time your start and just get started. Listen, if you can't time the stock market, you can't time the bond market, you can't top, you can't time the crypto market. Why on earth do you guys think you can time the real estate market? You see, when it comes to wholesaling, there is no. You don't have to worry about timing it because you're buying property on discounted values today. You don't do what fix and flippers and landlords do. You're not reliant on the market to bring you the money. You actually go out and you find motivated sellers and you make money today. What the market does. Okay. It's going up. It's going down. I adjust my marketing equally on both sides, but here's the key. I never stop. And so if you're going to be a good stock investor the key is you just got to keep investing in stocks i even during this down market i don't stop investing i just keep going because what goes up always goes down so if i buy tesla at 250 and it goes down to 220 you think i'm selling right i don't care because you know why i think it's going to go to 800 and i'm willing to wait the two to three years to get it there because i'm a patient investor now that's my strategy my discipline for stocks but I have to let the market reward me and do that. When doing wholesaling and real estate, you're learning to make money today. You do not have to time anything. Okay. An investor that has to time the market is weak and they don't understand how real estate works. Because if you buy real estate right and you have the right strategy, you should make money in all phases of it. See, a speculator has to depend on the market to mostly make their money. Right now, fix and flippers are panicking on their, their fix it, their the properties they fixed up because now they're dealing with seven and a half and 8% interest rates. And guess what? They can't fix it. The market's in control of it. And the market is going to have pullback over it. And they're going to have to pay for additional closing costs, buy down the interest rates to induce sellers to go in this market. They never saw that going into it when they bought that wholesale deal from you. And this is why I implore you wholesaling is the single greatest skill set you can learn in real estate investing hands down you don't believe me go ask a a realtor a landlord or a fix and flipper to try wholesaling every one of them has tried it and every one of them has failed and they will always fail because it's a skill set that the average person just cannot attain it's not easy now do it the other way around piece of cake for any wholesaler to do that why would a wholesaler want to go into speculation markets crazy so if you think, I go, well, I'm going to wait till the beginning of 2024 or summer 2024. It's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Wholesaling is about getting in there, getting your hands and feet wet, dirty, and start talking to sellers. The more sellers you talk to, the more opportunities you have, and the better you're going to come experienced at it. If you wait, you just delay the inevitable. So timing when you want to enter the real estate market, especially as a wholesaler, is ridiculous. Average people try to time stuff. People that actually, they just do it. They don't care. Like I have a strategy that's going to run through the market. And that's how I look at wholesaling. My market is just what my end, uh, my end cash buyers are going to pay for it. And it's going to be significantly more than I ever paid for the property. So you got to keep that in mind. Okay. Ready? Winners fail fast and often. Guys, you will not get ahead in life. If you want to protect yourself from any type of failure, which listen, I don't want to fail either. 
but the amount of times I failed in the last 20 years is it's almost embarrassing. Like I've had some real bad fails guys. And here's what you got to understand. Everybody I've ever met that's made anyone who's had a significant difference in life, meaning they have prolific businesses. They've done just amazing things. They've all have the same story. They took tremendous risk. Now, the type of risk you take is debatable. But here's one thing is we know we're not getting out of here alive. Yeah, I know. I just told you that, right? Number two, you might as well go all in whatever you're going to do because playing it safe is not going to get you anywhere. You see, if you can look at life, if you're judging life by the number of days you stay alive, as opposed to the number of days you've lived, honestly, you know which one I'd rather do. I'm counting my life by the number of days I lived. If you live to be 100 and you never took a risk in your life, you're just going to die with so many regrets. What's the point? So I want to take as much calculated risk that's going to give me the highest reward. Have I struck out? Yeah, I've done some really stupid things, guys. But the thing is, this is how you learn and you grow. I did fix and flip for a while. One of the biggest mistakes I ever made. I'm glad I got it out of the way. I opened up a software company once. I lost a lot of money. I'm glad I got that out of the way. It goes on and on. I bought properties where I lost money. The only time I lost money is when I didn't do wholesaling. So I just want you to understand, am I a landlord? Yes. Do I dislike tenants? I don't physically dislike them. They just annoy the crap out of me. Like I have to have people managing my properties because I don't have patience for some people and it drives me nuts. So what I'm saying is you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. The problem is we've been brought up in this world where you're not supposed to fail a test. You're not supposed to fail anything. Everything's got to be perfect. It's ridiculous. The greatest inventors in the world have failed often. And sometimes people fail with bankruptcy. Look at, look at Walt Disney. I, I can go down the, the slew of things. I'd rather you take more risk and try stuff in life than be that safe average Joe that sits there and never takes a risk on anything. You know those people. Oh, everything's a scam. Now, you can do diligence. Not everything's a scam. You think everything's a scam that doesn't fit in the matrix of your nine to five job. And you are in the biggest scam of them all. And if you want to look like that way, just stay over there. I really don't care. So next one, just stop holding on to your old ways. And the reason I put this one out there is because when I first started wholesaling, I had a personality. It didn't just disappear. I had tendencies. Now I adapted the new business strategy, but my old personality traits quickly came out and I constantly felt like I was being tugged. And the minute I got like very uncomfortable or stressed, I would do I would do things to revert back to my old self, go back to my old drinking buddies. Um, I would watch football and I would do time wasting activities. And none of that stuff got me anywhere. It took me about six months to grasp the concept that my old self, I'm just going to kill off. We had fun. We were great in high school. We even did good as a young adult. Heck, you even got I even got married and had kids with that old self of me but it wasn't going any further. I had to upgrade myself. Now, along the way, here's the truth. You're going to change your house. You're like, oh my God, I'm losing my house. Your house is going to get so much nicer. You're going to be happy about this. The change is actually really good things. Your bank accounts are massively going to change. Instead of having one or two accounts, you're going to have 16 accounts that are just loaded with so much money. 
you're trying to use accountants and CPAs to figure out where to put the money so you don't pay this tremendous tax bill. Everything upgrades in life, your friends, your family. You are going to lose some old people and you're going to find out who is really out there for you because all of a sudden people start cheerleading for you when you make it. But when you weren't making it, they were the, they just tore you down. Don't forget that stuff and keep it in mind. But remember, you're going to have to kill the old version of yourself because if you use that same vision from your old self into your new wholesaling career, it's going to hold you back massively. And honestly, this is probably one of my biggest struggles. And everyone's like, you're changing. You're not like, and, and I was, and it was a good thing. Remember, change is, change is the one steady thing in life you can depend on. You have to decide if you're going to be the person of change to bring prosperity to your family, to bring financial abundance, to give your family all the time in the world, to buy plenty of real estate, whatever you want. Or you can be the type of person that just wants to keep everything the same. And we all know the family and friends. Don't change anything. Don't change anything. And I'm just telling you, it will never work. So last but not least, this is an important one. You got to let it go. Everybody watching this live stream, I'm, I, I, it's like you're going to go, oh my God, Rick's got ESP. You all are holding on to stuff in your past and it's not serving you in the slightest. And you're holding grudges and you're like, you're blaming yourself Maybe you tried wholesaling years ago and you failed at it or like you just bought a bad deal and it became a problem and it burned you the bad way. And because of that, I'm not going to wholesale anymore because it's a scam. And if you're going to let something from your past dictate everything to do going forward, you're going to be in trouble. So there is a saying called let it go. There's a book by a wonderful man called Michael Singer. It's a very simple read. I mean, it's literally like a three hour read and it teaches you whatever happened previous to the day or before, or that stuff that you're just burying in your soul. You're letting people live rent free in your head. Just let it go. If you let it go, you can move forward in life. What happened to you yesterday or when you were a child should not affect you the rest of your life. And if you are, it means you're living in the past. And if you're living in the past, that means you're really not looking towards the future. And you can't build a future for you. So you've got to rectify what's happened in the past. The easiest way to rectify problems with people or issues is just let it go. If you don't give it any more energy, it dies. It goes away. And trust me, it took me a long time to grasp this concept. If you struggle with this, check out Michael Singer's book. It's a real simple book. Uh, University of Florida. And he's got tons of creden uh, credentials to, to show you how to do it. And if you want, there's much more advanced books on the strategy. But once you understand that if you're going to, a, so think about this. If your life is nothing more than your emotions and feelings, right? So when something happens, you get a feeling from that. And from that feeling, you invoke an emotion. And emotion's like a memory of a feeling. And so if you get a bad, if you get a bad feeling from something that happens, Every time that event comes up, your emotions go sour when you get it up there. And then if you constantly relive it, it means you're not growing. It just means you're just looping in the past and you're never going to get past it. And just hearing the version, just let it go. Like, honestly, if you're pissed off 
that your brother or your sister, or your mom or dad did something like to you like five years ago, and you're still thinking about it every day, and you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, it is taking so much energy out of your head, and it's not letting you move forward. Just let it go. I'm just telling you, life is full. You're not going to memorize everything. Not every event is going to be perfect, but all you need to do is learn the lesson from it and move forward. See, if you don't learn the lesson from what happens to you in life, you can't move forward. And that's why you guys harbor on things. I remember um, when I was really young and I went out for wrestling the first time, um, I was a very explosive wrestler, but I, I wasn't very skilled. And so I would power my opponent. I get close to pinning. And if I didn't pin him, I ran out of gas. Well, in one of my first matches, I got pinned because I ran out of gas. And I let that bother me. I can't tell you how many years I let that harbor to me as a child, um, as a young adult, and even into my business career. And I was just like, I didn't get the lesson. And the lesson is you need to be more prepared. Stop thinking, like stop running with your ego. And once you understand this, it's going to change the trajectory of life. When you let stuff go, you you release energy so you can actually do good things and like, you have it. But if you constantly harbor something that's very negative in your life, it's very hard to wrap your head around it. And you constantly obsess about it and you can't move forward. Some of you guys actually do this in wholesaling. So listen, if a guru burnt you, then join the club. I've been burnt. We've all been burnt by him. And it's not just in wholesaling. It's in life in general. Why? Because people fake it. They want to take advantage of it. And honestly, they don't get the lessons of life. And that's why they're doomed to repeat the exact same mistakes. Just don't be that person. If you want to learn more on how to do it, check out Michael Singer's book. It just, to me, it's a very practical, simple book. Let it go. Um, and you can also go on YouTube and teach yourselves ways to unwind. If you find yourself constantly obsessing about something that's happened in your past and you can't get past of it, the best medicine is just to let it go. It's one of the hardest things to mentally do, but if you do it, I'm just telling you, really neat things will happen in your life. So, Okay. That's enough of my uh, life lessons on here today. So um, let me jump over the comments. Um, let's see here. Um, so we do mostly talk about wholesaling. This is what I do, but um, because this is the Rick Ginn channel, if you guys have a question, um, I'm happy to answer it. And uh, we try to make it a little more interesting on it. So on here. So I appreciate you all being on here. Um, as you guys know, I've got uh, my live events coming up October 19th, 20th. If you're going to be in Florida and want to check it out, go over to Flip with Rick Plus. If you've done a JV with me, you get to go for free. I got a ton of people coming free, and I think that's awesome. I mean, Zach, the only one to offer a 100% attendance um, program where you can actually go for free. Um, if not, we have a nominal fee. You got to be a Flip with Rick Plus member because I meet with you guys four times a week. You guys get my DMs. It doesn't go to my assistant, and I help people become a better wholesaler for a fraction of any guru guy or gal out there that does it but and then plus you get me and zach you get it kind of a two for one so um it's going to be a lot of fun so jd says this is a good one how do you lose your ego stop defending your position on everything so your ego is when you try to defend your opinion at any cost and your ego is extremely selfish Ego is pretty much everything you see on the internet. I'm the greatest thing. I'm this, I'm that. Like, listen, just applaud other people's victories 
and make it about them. Stop making it constantly about yourself. And when you lose your ego, conversations open up. You attract people magnetically to you much more. And when people talk about their ego, you watch them. They just leave the room. Nobody likes anyone's ego. Your ego is self-serving. And I don't even know why we have one. It makes no sense. Ego's mostly talking about you. It's completely selfish and it doesn't serve anybody else into it. So you got to kind of figure that out. So, um, let's see. Rosie says, Hey Rick, can you recommend a Fiverr freelancer to get my PDF government list? My biggest challenge is managing data. I just closed the deal. Thanks to you guys. Awesome. Hey, right, just go in there and just, just look for a uh, Excel expert and tell them, hey, I need to take a CSV file with 5,000 pieces of data, and I need to put it at a pivot table to figure out these two pieces of information. They'll usually ask you to look at your, your uh, data file, and they'll tell you, they'll look at it and tell you if you can do it. And honestly, within 10 to 20 bucks, I get it done every time. So there's thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of them in there, so I can't give you like one specific person. Just look for someone who's an expert on data, and hopefully it's like a CSV file, um, if it's a PDF format, say, hey, I got to translate it from PDF and get it into a CSV file. So put in the title exactly what you want to do. And if you don't find anyone qualified, you don't have to use the service. So um, try that. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, so. So JD, good. You listen to me. So um, if you don't know what your ego is, I promise you when it pops to the top, you'll recognize it. Everyone knows. Listen, we all know when we're, so anytime you brag, boast, um, or try to uh, one-up somebody, anything like that, that's when you know it's just your ego. And the question is, why did your ego do that? It did it to make yourself feel more important, to give you um, credibility, and most important, to give you significance. But when you're done, there's no benefit to it. You just put somebody down nine times out of 10. You turned everybody off in the room and you look like an egotistical ass when you do it. So that's like, honestly, so JD, the best way to do it is to recognize when your ego comes up. And here's the really cool part. It's just an internal conversation. You don't have to go to the world and go, damn, my ego, shut up. Just learn about it. And if you find if you're the type of person that always has to brag or one up, then you got to be very conscious about it. And if you can fix that, watch how everybody changes around you. Nobody likes the egocentric person. It's just annoying. The reality is everybody wants to talk about themselves. That's the ego. And so let everybody else feed their ego. And if you don't feed your ego in that room, if you starve your ego, you walk away with the most information you walk away with the best impression and more people want to be around you than ever. The more ego you are, the less deals you do, the more you turn people off and the less people want to work with you in the future. It's just the truth. So let's do this. Let's jump on some lives here and see who we can help out. Rosie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing? Good. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> I got my glasses on today. I'm uh, I'm matching you up here. I don't normally wear glasses, but okay, my con okay. I got in a fight with my contacts and I lost. Okay. 
So what can I help I you out with? I never take mine off because, I, well, actually, I feel that I have all the pieces of the puzzle to uh, scatter all over the place. I have the okay. time to do the work. I have the desire to do it. I have the software. And um, I just need some direction on how to put everything together. And uh, and I'm willing to do it. I mean, I was able to close that deal and I made uh, $15,000. Awesome. So tell yes. me a little bit about that deal. Just give me the synopsis of it. It was a, a water shutoff list. Okay. And uh, I just started cold calling and I used um, throughpeoplesearch.com mm -hmm. and I did it manually one by one. Actually, the water shutoff they came with the phone numbers. Okay. So Excellent. what I did was when the number didn't work, then I would look it up. And I just started cold calling until I found the right person that told me that, hey, your phone call is like, uh, is you were sent by God because uh, everybody was sending me mailers and I would just put them in the trash can. Mm -hmm. But then you called me. And I felt that that was the right thing to do. And you were the right person to do business with. And I'm like, okay, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. so, so how so, long, how long were you doing this for? To be honest with you, I am one of the victims of the gurus. I have spent okay. over $30,000 and I have tons of information. I've been trying to, I have had my LLC for, six years got it and so let, done let, let me ask you this have you gotten past that by the way i've been in your same shoes i've given over 100k to like people that made very little difference in my business yeah. but it's like you learn but you can't the thing is you take the lesson from it yeah and as painful as it is trust me i don't want anybody to lose 30k trust me you still walked away with a skill set i because a lot of people have tucked their tail away and go, okay, that's like 30 grand significant, yes. but you may back half of it and you're, you're getting into it and you didn't quit. So let me ask you, what's, um, what's your background? Where are you from? I'm from Honduras. Okay. I've been in the country in the U S for 26 years. Excellent. So I was a bill collector before I and I was, a, a I was too. a good one. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, a good... bill collector is really like it, it. It's a difficult job to begin with, but like you have to be very persistent and very consistent. So it's like, you know, they just. Yeah, I remember and... when I was young, people chased me down for bills. Like, oh man, like I feel like you're following me. It's like I go, you'd be really good at wholesaling. So yeah, um, actually, what I what I what I used to do was, you know, use like the the good cap, bad cap, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. And I would say, hey, this is not me. It's my boss. You know, yeah. she's the one making me, yeah. you know, ask you for money. But, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. But now I feel that I feel for people now. I got know? it. And I would never go back to being a bill collector. Never again. So let's see. So uh -huh. where are you at right now? You say you're looking for direction. What's, what's your sticking point? What seems to be like your what's your choke point here what's what's going on uh well 
I have my government lists. I mean, I don't have any problem with getting those lists and I'm very persistent. I mean, mm -hmm. I have the, the code violations and I, I, I have like 10, 12 cities, the water chart off list, and I have learned how to pull them up or I keep calling people until they give it to me. And they are okay. very nice. I mean, so I do have the information, but then um, some of those files, they are scanned pages, not even PDF form mm -hmm. format, scanned pages. So basically my big issue is I've been trying to learn so many softwares. For example, I wanted to, to learn myself how mm -hmm. to transfer a PDF or a scanned file, how to convert it into Excel format. And yeah. that is so time consuming. Yeah. Then I, 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 I purchased this other software is called uh, PDF expert, something like that. And mm -hmm. then I'm wasting time on things that do yeah. not produce money. And then the other day I heard you saying, Hey, I will not waste two, three hours of my life trying to learn how to use a software when I can pay 10, 20 bucks to someone else to do it for me. Yeah. Especially somebody like, with ADHD, because once I get down a rabbit hole, I, I could lose days. And I used to do that. I'd be like, how do I do this? And when I found out I could go to like Fiverr or Upwork and for 10 to 20 bucks, basically take two days of work and actually get it 10 times better than I could ever do it. Yes. I never looked because the thing is you only have so much of an, a bandwidth to like do stuff. And mm -hmm. if you say, listen, my highest skill set is going to be pulling these lists, getting the most targeted list mm -hmm. and then just spending time connecting and talking to people. And if you put all your energy into that, you got plenty of time and money to have the other people help you because I have people that do these, these spreadsheets I tell you about. Okay. I mean, they got five, six hours, uh, uh, five, six years of training in college with masters and doctorates. I'm like, I still wow. can't even believe they'll do it for that price. Wow. But like, it doesn't even make sense why I would even try to do it. I, I like to learn new things, but there's a cost. And if you're not going to make any more money doing it, you have to ask yourself the higher skill set. Me yes. sorting the list going to make it more money. Or if I could make 25 more phone calls while so-and-so worked on this mm -hmm. list, mm -hmm. I'm probably going to get much closer to getting a deal. And that's, that's the only way I do it now. And mm -hmm. like even my financials, I have bookkeepers, two CPAs, and then I have a CPA, one of the CPAs, and then I have like basically a business person that helps me extrapolate. So uh, like balance sheets has never been my strength. Mm -hmm. Now an income sheet, I can nail that. But a balance sheet, like mm -hmm. you have to pay attention, in real, especially in real estate, because there's a lot of debt associated with it and you've got to make long-term decisions because mm -hmm. a balance sheet really tells you what your true net worth at the end of the day is. So I do mm -hmm. a balance sheet for my businesses, myself, my wife, everything we do with my son. And uh, I was terrible when I first did it. And that's why I avoided them. And now I can look at them and go, okay, here's the problem areas. This is what we need to attack. How can we pay mm -hmm. this down? How can I make this better? Mm -hmm. And then I had, to some, I had to have somebody teach me to ask these questions. That's embarrassing. Yeah, you see. And so it's like, now you can go through it. And now I understand what a CFO job is and how much money you have to make this even mm -hmm. higher one. And it's, 
you got to have a pretty high net worth to do it. You're usually 50 million plus to even make the right. numbers work on wow. it. So, but this yeah. is what I do. So anytime I get something, I go, man, I know I could do that. Here, here's a perfect thing. I always have rehabs going on um, within my company. And since I have to pay for everything, part of my job is once a week to go out and just see stuff going on. Why? Mm -hmm. You learn a lot of crap when you just show up unexpected to projects. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy doing something so wrong. I couldn't stand it. And the old self would have, we would have stopped. We would have worked on it for two or three hours. And I would have got on my old self and we would have fixed it. The old self is I just made a note. I sent the, over to the foreman. I go, he's doing it wrong over at so-and-so unit. Can you go by and can you address it and mm -hmm. let him know this is going to cost us another day or two and you guys need to fix it out on your end. And so instead of me just trying to fix everything myself, which is what you're yeah. basically doing is you got to go, listen, is this, so remember my conversation earlier, is this going to be easier now? Why? Because mm -hmm. it distracts me. It kind of makes me comfortable because now I can like, I feel like I'm making progress. I'm pushing the needle. Mm -hmm. But the reality is when you do that, the rest of your business completely falls apart and yeah. your needle goes backwards. Yes. And once you understand that, I go, listen, if I just, if I outsource it now, whatever it is, 10 or 20 bucks, mm -hmm. but then I can keep the needle rolling. This is going to be better for me in the long run. And mm -hmm. so you have to think like a long-term player when you do this business. Keep up seven years. Listen to me, seven years. I did everything in wholesaling. Why? Because I was a moron. Okay. I could have easily within a year or two brought in plenty of people to help me out, but I let my ego take over. And I thought I was smarter than everyone else. And I thought I had more hours in the day than anyone else. And it's impossible. And now what do I do? I do the same thing with my son. I'm like, we need to bring people mm -hmm. in to help us. And it's like, so when my son was young, he's no, no, you and me can do it forever. I go, son, I'm 53. Like, no way. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. There's only so much time. And yes. so this is what I do. So if you don't figure out how to let those small things go, You'll never, ever let the big things go and you'll be stuck. Yeah. So, yeah, because well, I feel that I spend hours. I spend hours and hours in front of the computer. Just stop. I'm doing you're, things you're not, that do not produce money. You're not, you're not going to get I'm anywhere like, with man, it. it, it. Yeah, it would be so nice just to have everything By the way, the place. most I ever spent. And then the most I ever phone spent, making phone calls and talking to the, people. I love that. The most I ever spent on a spreadsheet was 50 bucks and it was 100,000 um, pieces of data. So it doesn't cost a lot wow. of money. And here's a really cool part. Wow. When they do it once, they actually uh -huh. set a template for you. When you come back to them, it's even cheaper. Or sometimes if it's a template, like they did macros or something, you can actually do okay. it yourself. But like, I guarantee you there's somebody that can convert PDF files with the software and they got a lot of experience. It's cheaper to pay them 10 or 20 bucks to do it every time. Yeah. than you go out and get the software and get the training. And that's yes, what I want yes. you to understand. Your highest skill set is going to be talking to people. Yeah, and, and I love it. Getting the best marketing yeah. list possible. Everything else, you have to outsource. Every now and then, we have to do some stuff. Like it's yeah, we're not. But I'm just telling you, if you can make that distinction, you'll do fine because you talk to me very confidently. You've already done mm -hmm. a deal. You understand it. Mm -hmm. You understand. You got to roll your sleeves up in this business and just go find oh, people yeah. and talk to them. And I don't have any problem with that. I do it easily. And I mean, I've been driving for dollars, and then I bring my 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 list, and I just um, skip trace it, and I start cold calling. I also have a dialer before I didn't have it, so now I have the money to pay for the auto dialer. Okay. So I'm like, this is gonna be, I mean, piece of cake. 
if I just devote like three, four hours a day, just sitting on my desk, you know, doing what I have to do, I don't have any issue with that. I love it. Okay. You know, but it's, it's just getting organized and getting, you know, getting now, the, out of the, the organization part's not the end of the world. So it's um, also make sure you're scheduling every day you have and every week. Like it's, mm -hmm. if you don't have a schedule, someone's going to set it for you. So like, mm -hmm. if you don't go to bed the night before to see what your schedule is the next day, you're, you're not doing things right. It's just, mm -hmm. honestly, you could have like the lightest schedule in the world. You should still do it because if not, things just start to happen in your life. And if you don't yeah. push the needle in the direction you want it to go, the rest of the world will push back on and they will That's tell true. you where you're going to go. So the only thing I do is start setting a schedule and just get it. And when you get really good, your schedule starts to fill up. It's mm -hmm. good and bad with it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I miss the days of like not like kind of doing whatever I want. But I know for me to grow as a business person, a husband and a father, I have to grow. Mm -hmm. And I have to get myself uncomfortable. I have to do things I'm not always crazy about. So like yeah. today's been very, very challenging. Like I've had every minute from 7.15 to like when I get off this live. And then I got yeah. another hour after that. It's all set. But it's rewarding for me. And the thing is, I remind myself, this is what I chose. <clears throat> the, I'm not reacting to anybody. I'm doing exactly what I chose to do. Exactly. Because if not, then you sit down and you run around with your head cut off. Seven years, I stayed in this business all by myself. Now, mm -hmm. the good thing is it gave me an incredible ability to teach you guys how to deal with wholesaling mm -hmm. and sellers. Mm -hmm. So I actually, I think I have more of a higher skill set because I spent so much time doing it, but it stumped my growth for about a four or five year period, but I'm okay with it. I just learned differently than everybody else. And yeah. that's how I look at exactly. it. So, yeah. I feel the same way. I'm like, I don't want to, you know, punish myself for, I'm like, yes, I have learned a lot. And uh, especially, you know, as a person, I'm growing so much. And I want to do, I mean, I'm following your, your footsteps because I have um, a son mm -hmm. and he's my only child. Awesome. And yes. And I've been, my life has been revolving around him. Huge mistake. I've been homeschooling because I had him late mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, I have to do my best because this is, you know, God sent him to me and I have to do it perfect. And you know what? You don't have the power to do anything. I mean, you do your best, but it's God at the end of the day, the one who decides, you know, what yeah, way things are going to go. I'd put you on this earth to guide him. So um, I, I think he knows what he's doing. And yeah. I think you're doing great doing the homeschooling. I think that's great. I think we're in a society where when I grew up um, and even when my kids grew up to a point, we just kind of expect the school system to take care of your kids. Mm -hmm. And somehow... <laughs> We've, we've let the prisoners like run the, uh, the jail now. And it's yes. like the amount of crap being fed in our kids' minds. And it's just like, now I, I'm a big believer. I kind of enjoyed public schools because I understood how society worked. And I believe there's a certain common sense and street smart, smarts that all kids have to be exposed to. Because if you're too sheltered, and then it's hard to get the reality of life. But mm -hmm. um, I give people a lot of credit to homeschooling because... I think we entrust the most our valuable assets to our children and we leave these people in charge. And then when we're not happy with what's going on, mm -hmm. people can do homeschooling. I think it's, it's amazing. Now I, I never did it. Um, my mom didn't believe any of that. It was different when I grew up, but now I, 
Honestly, I give people at homeschool all the credit in the world because number one, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's very, very hard. hard. And trying to teach your own kids hard, but they want so much for their child and they see the problems going on. They want to kind mm -hmm. of like, hey, here's what we need to do. Mm -hmm. I, I think our school systems are broken in the United States terribly. Yes, and they I don't are. Think we, uh, we're so far behind in teaching. But like the one thing I do miss, though, I, I do believe now I'm an older guy, but Me teachers too. really cared when I went through school and they would like they would try to give you like, uh, I guess, mentor advice like and I believe they, they weren't trying to sway you. You know, it wasn't like a uh, politics thing. It was just like, you know, you need to do the right thing. Like, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if a kid admitted, hey, I took this book, like, you know, should I give it back? And teachers be like, no, no, you got to do the right thing. Now it's like, so like we, we're just trying to get people like to show up and like, exactly. And it, be so competitive. Nuts. Yeah. They, they are like, a, we want to empower you. You are the number one. You are better than anybody else. You know, that's, that's not the right thing to I do. Know. So basically I'm happy that I was able to do this for my boy. He's in yeah. seventh grade now. Yeah. And now that I found a school, there's a Christian school. It's a very mm -hmm. small school where everybody's like a family. And the, the, the main thing there is that they want to raise these kids with moral values. And to me, that's what really matters. But yeah. now I'm like, now I have to teach him what being a business person with integrity and being successful is. Because I, I agree with you. I mean, I don't feel that going to college is the right thing to do. So uh, if so he can... <clears throat> Yeah, if he can see me yeah. producing money, having a good um, lifestyle and being able to provide for others uh, with this business, I don't need to persuade him to follow my footstep. Mm -hmm. He will want to do it because he yeah. will see the good in it. So basically, that's my main focus right now. So I remember need <clears throat> kids watch what you do much more than what you say. Exactly. If they see mom's happy and she's doing the right things, exactly. We're happy to lead. So many times we tell kids, "Sorry, you're 19, you can't drink," and then both mom and dad have a drink in their hand and they they drink exactly. all through the night. I'm just like, it, like, yes. That's that's my biggest one of my problems to society. Like, you can't tell your kids not to do something and then go do it. Mm -hmm. like, I used to watch my parents. I go, "I ain't dumb. You told me not to do it, but you're doing it." Mm -hmm. And I just used to like think like a lot of the things. Now I didn't have a lot of guidance as a child. My mother was wonderful. My father a different story. But it's like I I just didn't have a male role model, and mm -hmm. it took me just so much longer with ADHD to like grasp the concept. But mm -hmm. a challenge with school is there's there's nothing's ever taught about money. Everything's taught about you know getting good grades to get a good job to work for a good company, and. That, that's tough these days. And even a good no, company no. will run people over. And it, like, I thought I was going to get this great corporate job and be taken care of. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know, after 12 years, I just lost it, man. I really lost it. I like some people like, I think he went cuckoo. I go, I, I'm going to give this wholesaling a shot because I got nothing yes. else going on. Yes. And nobody, and by the way, nobody gives a crap about your college education anymore. They just don't care. Like, honestly, who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. And you know what? The the business world uses a people's college educations to see if they'll follow a program and see if they'll comply. That's mm -hmm. how people are judging you on a college Because if you're dumb enough to pay a couple hundred grand a year for that piece of paper, 
like you, you know you know how parents like they you know how they love the brag of like what college their son their yeah my son's going to harvard or like my yes. daughter's going to princeton it's just like i think the parents have like the it's once again it's like that let me it's show a trophy yeah <laughs> here's my trophy you're exactly right i was like yeah. it's ridiculous yes you are so proud and then you know, like it's a 65% unemployment rate when kids graduate college for the first mm -hmm. four years because mm -hmm. they're lost. Mm -hmm. And like they're running up their parents' credit cards. They're all hooked on something and your Adderall or all the drugs and like God knows there's enough drinking going on. And then you want to know why they come home all broken and failed. Like, listen, there's no, we need to start sending kids back to trade schools. I, mm -hmm. Trade schools are great. People working on engines in their hands, they can make six figures with their eyes shut. For mm -hmm. like a three to five thousand dollar investment, that's a exactly. great return on your money, right? Exactly. So just exactly. make sure you fill the voids in where you know the school system's never going to teach your child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, and just like, hey, listen, here's yeah. how money works. Here's how the world works. Here's mm -hmm. the difference between capitalism and socialism, and you just kind of let them know. So when they start getting it from third party sources, that they can recognize it, or they come back to you and go, "Hey, this guy was telling me about this, or this lady was telling me yes. about." Yes. Because I, yeah, I, well, I remember, actually, I remember mm -hmm. being in college, people filling my ear with like stuff. I'm like, yes. And I, I listen, what did a 20 year old kid know? I didn't know anything at the time, but I was like, but you can make like crazy statements and, and now everything's on video. So thank God I didn't grow up with social media. So um, I'm good with well, it. But I, I agree with everything you're saying. I commend you. Like just stay in the two most important lanes, marketing, mm -hmm. getting the best list possible. And mm -hmm. talking to as many sellers as possible. Everything else, I mean, unless it's 10 grand, just figure a way where you can outsource it for, and it doesn't mean just whatever the cost is, you know, be reasonable. You can negotiate with everybody. Yes, yes of course. Of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how we'll do. Thank okay. you so much. Awesome. Awesome, Rosie. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Okay. You okay. take care. Bye. See Bye. Okay. So let's see here. JD, you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, man. Give me some follow-up, man. What's going on? So uh, right now I'm doing a digital bandit signs, but I'm not receiving any calls probably because I'm, I just have some questions about it. So okay. I was wondering Shoot. if like, I don't really know how a bandit sign or should it, should a, a bandit sign on Craigslist look like a bandit sign in like in like on the highway or so technically no, because it's digital. So you don't have to have a backdrop or anything like that. <clears throat> it's the same thing as having a, <clears throat> a sign on the highway, except you don't have corrugated plastic and you don't have hangers, but you can do black ink, you can do blue ink and you can put it on there. And the key with Craigslist to see if the damn thing's going to stick. Unfortunately, in a lot of markets, there are such competitive, jealous other wholesalers. Their job is to flag everyone to add. And honestly, it's the most annoying part of Craigslist. Hands down. Um, I, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's like when your ad gets up there, someone can flag it as inappropriate and it gets taken down. And you just have to keep doing it over and over. And nine times out of 10, it's just your competitors. Sometimes it's other realtors. So no, it shouldn't have to look like a regular sign. You just, you just spell it out. like, And you just put it in there. And then... 
what you do is you try so many different variations till you get some sort of traction on it and that's it. And the beauty with AI and chat GPT, you can mix it up as much as you humanly want. Take some other ideas or maybe some other people's stuff you saw out there, some stuff that like really rung true to you. And then you just have to go out there and test it out in the market. That's the only way you can do it. Okay. And for Facebook groups, do I need to be in it for a certain amount of time until I actually start? It ask? helps. It helps. So the worst thing you can do, because um, I run one of the largest Facebook groups in all of wholesaling, soon to be the biggest, um, will be happening very shortly. I just think it's funny because the other person has been running it so long, um, said we could never do it. Um, in Facebook groups, the more organic you can be, the better. So like the biggest... On a good Facebook group, they already have all the bots in place. So the amount of people that come to wholesaling houses for real, get approved that day and then put a post out two minutes later, thousands per day. That's how bad it is. Okay. That's how uneventful and stupid people are. You don't think I'm going to figure out you just go into group a minute or two ago and you're already soliciting. So it automatically wipes those people out. Every now and then one gets through, but for the most part. So if I hate it and everybody else hates it, if you do it, you will be hated just as much too. Do you understand that? Right. Mm -hmm. Like you got to like have a, like if you're doing it two minutes after you got approved in a group, you're, you're most likely going to be wasting your time. It's just right. the truth. You got to season them a little bit. You got to get in there. You got to make some organic comments. And then every now and then they go, hey, listen, this here's the guy who buys houses. He could probably help you out, Chuck. And then Chuck doesn't get all offended because you're not an outsider. And that's how it works. So trust me, if I thought you could go in and spam every group and post in there, I'd tell everyone to do it. It doesn't work because they all do the same thing I do. They put all their bots and their filters in there and the machines automatically kicking these people out. So the people that do that are wholesalers that hire VAs that have no freaking idea what they're doing. And you know what they say? They go, go post these digital banner signs in every group you can ever like be associated with. And they do exactly what the wholesaler says. And the wholesaler three months later is like, we got nothing from it. She's like, I posted in 4,000 groups. I, I can't, I don't know why it went bad. And that's the challenge you're going to have with it. So if you over spam it, you literally just waste time. So it's like planting a seed. Go plant a seed, come back to that group in a month, two months, or three months, and then just keep adding other groups. And that way you can come back and actually get some traction when you put in a digital bandit sign. Does that right. make sense? Yes. And I should do groups I feel passionate about, right? Like dogs, for example. It helps. Yeah. Like, cause you got more of an authority and people, like, people know if you put in a real comment or not. Like, so if you comment on how, how wholesaling houses for real, I can pull up your name and I can see every comment you've made over the last year. Like I, I can figure out real quick if you were for real or not. And that's how, like if I'm looking, researching a certain topic, I'll look it up. And if I see someone's gotten traction or they're getting a lot of comments on it, I, I can research the subject and it makes it a lot easier. You, you have the same ability to do that in any group. So okay. if they can do it, you can do it as well. And it tends to help out with information. So remember, the more people understand you and like you, the easier it is to get your messages. The more you're a stranger, the more you have to go to advertising and basically, you know, very expensive, hard nosed uh, mechanics to get through to people. So if you can do it anything organically, it's usually much more cheaper, much more effective. And that's why referrals 
hands down any business are the best way to get any type of business you can get. Okay. And I have one more question. Yes. So what do you think of the phrase, by the way, in Facebook groups? Cause I'm worried that like, should I use that phrase or do you think people would definitely see through that? Um, so I wouldn't use BTW, which is the acronym for that. But like, so I'm very keen on people's words because it's what I do for a living. So <laughs> the word, by the way, means ignore everything I just said, because I'm about to hit you with something. That's whenever. So as soon as I hear, by the way, I events, I event, I always go into, um, I just get prepared for, I just get prepared for what's going to drop on me. And here's what I do. Instead of gearing up on how to react to them, I gear down my reaction because I can't control what people are going to say, what they're going to post, but I can't control how I respond to them. So when I hear, by the way, I now precondition myself not to overreact because that's what the old Rick would do. Like, oh God, here it comes. You know, here he comes. He's going to give me his MLM pitch. And uh, I had a long phase in my life where like every one of my friends was doing multi-level marketing. And like I used to, I didn't know if I was being invited over to genuinely watch a football game or get like a Tupperware pitch party. And well, every time I heard, by the way, I was like, oh God, I walked right into it. So like you learn as you go forward, but you just got to play around with it. And sometimes you can use like uh, AI to find good counter words, um, maybe other than by the way. Because to me, those are like bridging uh, statements. Oh, by the way. Mm -hmm. By the way means you can talk about anything and just switch the topic in two seconds. So right. I don't know what the technical term is, but it's like, but that's what you have to do when you do organic groups. You go, listen, I had this dog. This is what we did. And I trained him. And then now he no longer bites anyone. Just in case if you guys ever need to sell a house or do anything, I'm not only great with dogs, I'm even better with houses. You know, it's something like that. And that's how you go into them. It's when you do these flat out raw posts with like no intro, none, they, they get flagged right away. So listen, I've been flagged. I've had stuff that hasn't worked out. You're going to have some failures when you do it. Just you have to experiment around with it. And then once you get leads, when it works, take special note to it. Okay. Also take note when it doesn't work and go, okay, that thing bombed. Guys, I put out videos all the time. I'm like, I have no idea if people are going to watch this or not. And sometimes it's more watches I've ever imagined. And there's one video I spent, I spent a goddamn two weeks getting it ready and nobody wanted to watch it. It's like, you have no idea. You just got to take some risk and go out there. The worst I'm going to do is say no to you. So like, don't overthink it. And then the best ones are the ones that when people respond to it, just make note of it. And sometimes you're not even going to know why they responded to you. And like, I get two people respond to an ad. I go, I'm paying attention. I'm going to get that ad out a lot more. And that's basically how you do it. Okay. Okay. Any other questions? Okay. Sounds good. Uh, yes. Well, okay. This is my actual last one. Okay. Um, let's like do it, JD. So if I, what do you think? How many driving for dollar leads I would need to get? Cause I, I plan to do 600 like a month. Is that good? I mean, as many as you can dude. Like I'm, I'm never going to put a limit on what you do. Listen, the more you do, the better the okay. shot you have. So like <clears throat> I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do less than that. I wouldn't do less than that. That's like what, uh, a buck 50 a week. I think that's very doable. 
I'm never going to put a cap on how many leads you get. If it's up to me, I'd tell you to go get 10,000 if you humanly could. But the more you get, the more it increases your odds. And also it gets you to learn your journey faster in wholesaling. And the more people you talk to, the more confident you become. And after a while, like nothing phases you in this business. Like when people object, I'm like, there's no ums, there's no ahs. I know exactly what to say to them every time. It's like, why? Because I've been through so many damn conversations. Like I know it like the back of my hand. Like, what do you know really well? What are you really good at naturally? I'm not sure. I, I haven't figured that out. I guess uh, <laughs> caring for others, caring for others is what like just emotionally like being there, like understanding what they're going through. So, yeah. So it just, but like, I just want you to understand the more people you talk to, which is my selfish ability to drive you guys, the more interactions you have, the like so many things get solved. You figure out how to deal with objections. You stop stalling your conversations. You figure out how to mirror people. And after a while, you just start to see, I go, really, there's only five or six, six objections anybody can ever really give you when it comes to the whole side. I, I had this uh, dumb rejection. Like, it was the dumbest thing I ever heard. Like, this uh, person said to that my name is unprofessional, which is ridiculous. I, like, I know. <laughs> but I just... And the thing is, are you really in control of the name given to you if you're using no, it? That's, right that's why it's so like, why are we focusing on this? How, how you know, and I, all I do is move back to like, how can I help you solve your problem? Like you just get yeah, like, if I tell him, I go, I can't solve my name problem. Like, cause my mom gave it to me. Like you just kind of go, Hey, listen, where can we go with that? So you're, you're on the right path. You just keep pressing through. You'll be fine. All right. I will. Okay. All right. Okay. Awesome. See you. Okay. So guys, um, just to let you know, um, October 19th, 20th, I'm going to be here in Stewart. Um, and it'd be me and my son, two full days of nothing but, um, wholesaling, which is really cool. Um, I don't have fancy boat rides. I don't even have a fancy dinner. Um, and then, um, if you want to sit there and talk to me like through lunch and take it the best advantage of your time, that's what I'm going to do. So the ones who want to take me up on it, it's a very nominal fee if you want to join us. And when I talked about the five or six objections, we're going to go through every one of them in detail. And then we're going to role play with you. And by the time you leave that event, you're going to have the confidence to deal with any objection before you walk out of there. You have to practice. We have marketing worksheets. We have exercises. We have breakout groups. Honestly, it's going to be two days. It's going to be like a week you got anywhere else because I don't have anything to sell you there. The only thing I'm going to sell you is on why you can be incredible at wholesaling because if you found me and Zach, you found the right way. And if you like how we work, I want to teach you by going to events like this. It helps with that mind and body connection going, okay, I, I know I can do this. Now it's not a requirement. You got to be part of flip with Rick plus check it out if you want to do that, but uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And by the way, we do these twice a year. So we do one in Florida and the other one we're going to travel for why in Florida. Cause I live in Florida. And that's just the way it goes. And that's what we want to do. But the uh, the event is on the bottom of your screen there. Just go to Flip with Rick Plus. And guys, listen, if you got value from today, please make sure you smash that like button. And as usual, the best way you can pay me is just being subscribed to my channel. I do appreciate you guys take time out of your day. I give you my 21 years plus information on wholesaling. 
to save you the aggravation and more importantly, give you the truth on how this business works. If you want to completely change your life and wholesaling is your path, please connect with me and my son. Go over, check us out on freewholesaling.com. For those of you who want to go to that event and you want to learn, um, get a little bit more one-on-one -on -one time, Flip with Rick Plus is a great way. And uh, that's it, guys. I really appreciate you guys hearing me out. Listen, you guys are not average. Go out there and do the things that average people don't. And I promise you, your life will change for the better. This is Rick Ginn.